Imagine this situation. You want to build a garden. And so you find a piece of land on your property and and you begin to imagine what the garden could become. You uh, build raised boxes. Uh, Maybe you build a small fence around those raised boxes so that uh, critters can't get into the garden. And then you plant the seeds and you you water the land and the dirt and, and you uh, begin to see those uh, seeds sprout. And you're excited about the plants beginning to develop. And then it happens. That night, a Colorado hailstorm hits. And the next morning you go out and you look at your garden and everything that you've worked to accomplish has now been destroyed by the hail. Well, there are similar stories to that one happening in our congregation and really around our nation and the world when you think of small business owners. These small business owners, they've built something from the ground up and then coronavirus happened. And now they're just trying to pick up the pieces. And so in today's podcast, I talked to my friend, Laura Goal, who's a small business owner. Listen to her story. I'm here with my friend, Laura Goal. Laura owns several small businesses. And Laura, the first question that I want to ask is, how did you get into small business? So I own Sun or Snow Vacation Rentals, and I started that, let's see, uh, about 12 years ago because I had a baby. So Evelyn, is she just turned 13, and I could not bring myself to go back to work. And so I was doing everything I could to budget. Brian, my husband, was um, a second lieutenant in the Air Force, which um, anyone who's in the military knows that second lieutenants do not make a large amount of money just yet. So I was clipping coupons. We were um, cutting as much as we could so that I could be at home with our baby. And then my parents approached me with this idea to start this vacation rental business with timeshares. And at first I said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And then I looked at it more and I thought, wow, this could be a really great business. It could afford me to stay home. And that's how it blossomed. So I was working, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week, um, with an infant um, to build the business, and it was great. I've been able to stay at home for 12 years and um, be here with the kids and um, help people go on vacation. And then I have two other businesses um, that I started in the last few years. One is doing custom cakes, which I don't do a lot of because they're very time-consuming. And then my daughter and I have a shirt business so that we can pay for her ballet training. So you help people go on vacations, you uh, make designer cakes, and, and I, I've seen these cakes. I've, I've bought some of these cakes from you. They're, they're like works of art. And then you also sell printed T-shirts. Uh, you, you are one of the busiest people that I know, Laura. Okay, so then coronavirus hit, uh, COVID-19 hit, and you work at home 
alone. And now all of a sudden the kids are home from school and Brian is now working for from home. What was it like to own these small businesses while while your entire family is home now? Um, a little challenging. Um, sometimes for work I'd be on the phone and the kids would start fighting and I'd have to put the phone on mute and deal with them and tell them to knock it off and do lots of shushing and you know, finger pointing at them. Um, and Brian's been great. He's been so respectful of my space. And when he has a conference call for work, um, or needs to make a call, he goes somewhere else. So we are very respectful of each other's areas and privacy, but it's different because I am used to having quiet in the house (laughs) and it's, it's not quiet. So it's, it's definitely thrown a wrench in the mix. So then when the virus hit, how did you see the virus begin to affect your small businesses? It has been hard. I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little choked up. Um, it's very easy to think of all the restaurants. Give me just a second to gather myself. It's very easy to think of all the restaurants and local small businesses but a lot of people don't realize that there are other small businesses. Um, my, you know, mine is online. So for my vacation rentals, it's all done through email and on my website. And from March to May, I had to refund so many people who were traveling for spring break or Easter, um, getting ready for summer. So I still have to pay for those rentals, those vacation rentals, because they're all timeshares. So we still have to pay for them, but we're refunding all of our renters. So not only were we not bringing in any new money because everyone stopped traveling and resorts were closed, but we ha- we lost a lot of income that we had already had. So that's been hard. But we are looking towards the future because I know that people travel again, but I wish there was a way to fast forward. <laughs> so, Laura, while you're watching your your small businesses start to struggle and suffer, what type of fears did you experience during that time? Um, definitely not being able to um, afford things. Um, putting our own trips on hold, um, you know, budgeting a little more again, because um, as I was refunding people from our business account, it started to get to so much where I was going to have to start refunding people at my personal account. And that was really hard. I mean, I do have faith that it will all be okay, and, and I constantly remind myself I'm not the only one who is struggling. You know, we're, this has hit a lot of people, um, so I'm very aware of that. I'm going to throw a surprise question at you. This is a question that you and I did not talk about uh, prior to our recording, but uh, this has been hard for you. Can you talk to me about Brian's role as your husband during this difficult time? Uh, Brian's amazing. 
today's actually our 16th wedding anniversary, so we get to celebrate in uh, isolation and order food in and have a pretend date night in the basement while the kids play on their iPads. But, I mean, thank God for Brian because he's been my rock. He's been so supportive. Uh, He prays with me. Um, He offers support whenever I need it, you know, and um, he's really the only one in my life that I have been able to count on daily, and that's been amazing. Thank you for sharing that, and happy anniversary, 16 years. Congratulations. When you are watching your small businesses struggle uh, as a woman of faith, how has that affected your relationship with Jesus? Has it been hard to trust in the Lord, or have you found a new uh, invigorated trust in Jesus? Talk to me about that. Um. I actually, even though I have some fear with being able to pay the bills and and hope that my business can recover, um, I have been very prayerful. I have been more prayerful um, than normal, and I do have so much faith, and I, I really have a, an amazing relationship with Jesus, and I think that this has brought us closer, has brought me closer to to Jesus and um what an incredible opportunity. <laughs> Have you had a chance to to uh, share your faith or to to uh, engage in a relationship with anybody in our congregation or anyone in your community about your faith during this time? I, I'm specifically thinking about didn't didn't you do something with a gal in our congregation to help her get through this time? I'm trying to remember that story. Do you remember the details that I'm talking about, Laura? <laughs> yeah. We, um, our pew mate, we, as you know, we typically sit in pretty much the same pew every Sunday, and um, there's a gal who sits in the same pew as us, and she's elderly, and she is on a fixed income and lives by herself, and she's a seamstress. And so when this whole mask thing blew up, I thought of her, and I thought, well, Jesus, she has elastic and material because there's such an elastic shortage. Maybe she could help other people and help herself at the same time. So I called her, and I sent her a sewing pattern for a mask, and and then I advertised for her on Facebook that she could sell masks, uh, make and sell masks. And so it afforded her quite a bit over the last couple of months, and that was really great. And I assume you haven't seen her in the last couple of months? Only when we exchange money in masks. So how exciting will it be for you uh, to come back to Holy Cross as a member of the congregation? Oh, I'm so excited because I work from home all of the time. So church for me is pretty much the only time I get with adults. Okay, so Laura, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with the other people of 4125 uh, the people of Holy Cross Lutheran Church, because you're a travel agent, uh, because you you work very hard helping people have great vacations. I want to just a- a do some impossible vacation trivia with you. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. 
Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you a question about a state or a location, and it is impossible for you to come up with these answers. But if you get one of them, I will be shocked and amazed. Okay, here we go. On Sundays in Florida, it is illegal for a woman to do what? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Make up something. Um, to wear lipstick. The correct answer is skydive. Oh my, that's weird. Uh, here's another one. In California, you can't legally buy a mousetrap without having what? Uh, mouse poop in your house? <laughs> <laughs> no, the correct answer is a hunting license. Okay, uh, have you ever been to France? Yes. Neither have I. In the French vineyards, what is it illegal to do? Uh, Pick a grape. Land a flying saucer. What? I I didn't make up any of these laws. They're just laws around the world. In Texas, it's illegal to swear in front of what? A pastor. A corpse. Uh, so close. that That's l- almost literally the same answer, but uh, a corpse. You can't uh, swear in front of a corpse. In Kansas, it's illegal to eat cherry pie with what? Uh, ice cream? You got that correct. Congratulations. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So uh, do you you have uh, places that people can travel in Florida and California and France and Kansas? It's about all of those. (laughs) All right. I don't know if anyone wants a vacation in Kansas, but, you know. Kansas is a lovely place, I've heard. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to dog on Kansas. I just don't think that's a big timeshare place. (laughs) Um, So if if you're a a member of the 4125 or if you're listening to the podcast and and, and you want to travel somewhere or uh, you need a custom cake or you need some unique T-shirts made, uh, call my friend Laura. Uh, Call me. I'll get you the details. I'll get you connected to Laura. Uh, She's a good friend. and, uh, And Laura, I pray that that God will 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 bring you and your family and your small business through this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Last question, Laura. Uh, what word of recommendation or advice would you give to us, the listeners, and about how they can show care for small businesses right now? You know, just for my business personally, for vacations, you know, we all do it online. Everything's online now, so if you go to... One of the big sites like Hotels.com, Expedia, something like that. Maybe just think, can I maybe book through a travel agent who's local or a vacation rental owner like me, um, Airbnb, things like that, because all of those have been put on hold. Or if you're in a retail store and you see something that you want to buy, you know, maybe check and see if there's a small business locally that you can order from instead. And the truth is, is you're you're probably going to pay a dollar or two more for that thing, but in doing so, you're you're helping a local small business. Not always, because for my vacation rentals, they're usually cheaper than a hotel room. Ah, good information, Laura. Let me pray for you, uh, Father God. Uh, I I want to thank you for uh, your care and 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 protection 
for Laura and her family during this time and, and, and for all of those people who are seeing their small businesses close right now. Um, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to provide um, in, in our Lord's Prayer, uh, we pray for our daily bread. Lord, I, I know that you're going to continue to care for and provide for your people, uh, whether they're people of faith or whether they're not. Uh, that's the amazing thing about you, God, is that you care for all of your creation. Uh, your your goodness uh, extends uh, throughout all of creation. And so, Lord, I pray that you would continue to uh, take care of and provide for your people. And Lord, that, that you would use this situation that we're experiencing in our world right now to continually draw people closer to you, that they would feel your presence and feel your care. Lord, all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, last question, Laura, in Texas, it is illegal to put what on your neighbor's cow? A cat. Graffiti. Graffiti was the answer we were looking for. Thanks, Laura. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. I would like to encourage you to take about 20 minutes out of your busy life and read the Sermon on the Mount. It's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, 6, and 7. And as you read this sermon that Jesus preached while he was sitting on the side of the mountain to the masses of people who were listening, I want you to take note of something that I discovered recently. Notice how many times in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that Jesus tells the people about God's love for his people and his care and provision for his people. I mean, here's one example. In the prayer that I just prayed with Laura a few moments ago, uh, I had mentioned that God causes the rain to fall on both the just and the unjust, both the evil and the good. God provides for all of creation, not just believers in his son, Jesus. Uh, Here's Another example, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we ask that God would provide us daily bread. But here's, here's the last thing that I want to point out. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus encourages his people to not be anxious. Don't, don't worry about the things that we're going to eat or the things that we're going to drink or the things that we're going to wear. But then Jesus goes on to say that your heavenly father knows that you need these things. He'll provide for his people. He'll care for his people. He won't leave us or abandon us. Yes, are there times that some of us are hungry? Yes, that there are those times. And yet God has not abandoned those people. Are there times when the bills are getting higher than the bank account? Yes. But God will provide for our basic needs during those times. God will care for us, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. Then this final word that Jesus speaks, it's in verse 33 of chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. I I, I don't know what your life is like right now. 
I, I, I know a little bit about what Laura's life is like. But regardless of what you're struggling with right now, know that God's kingdom should be sought after first. That relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that, that time in his word, that quiet time in prayer, seek after those things. That's the greatest food that you'll receive. Allow your soul to be fed by Jesus for the next several days or weeks to come. And don't be surprised if you look to your left and right and all of the basic needs that you have will still be provided to you from God. He might use other people to bring them, but they're from God and from God alone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I look forward to seeing you again soon. God's blessings. Goodbye.